internet, you're tuned in to episode 91 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. What's up, buddy? What a week. Yeah, crazy what a week, week for Nintendo. Yeah, I go away. I was like watching the direct in the back of a car and it kept timing out and like, going down to like 240p, but I was still there, there just trying to like get the stream to work. It was yeah. crazy. Really crazy. Yeah, I was watching it. Um, I was actually watching it during a work call because I had a call that started at like 930 or whatever, and it was supposed to like end at 10 and it ran over. But all my stuff was done, so there was no way I was going to oh, have yeah. to talk again. I was just there to be like, be polite. <laughs> so I just like turned it down as low as I could manage while it's like just in case they said my name and was just like, all right, I'm going to like do, do try to do both of these at once. <laughs> How inconsiderate for them to plan a meeting in the middle of a Nintendo Direct. Don't they know? I know. They it's gave outrageous. us three days notice. Come on. <laughs> They never do that anymore. Uh, so yeah, so of course, uh, you know, big week for Nintendo. We're going to be talking about our uh, Mario 3D All-Stars first impressions. We're going to be talking about this week's uh, Nintendo Partner Direct. That was actually good. And, uh, you know, this was also the last week uh, for the Nintendo 3DS. has been officially discontinued, so we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But before we do that, I'm going to let you know where you can find us all across the web because, of course, we are the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we get together and talk about all things Nintendo, uh, which thankfully this week there actually are some things. So I don't have to let Max just come on and air his grievances. We actually have content to talk about. So, uh, of course, Steve and I are very excited to jump into this. We got a ton of questions from you guys. If you want to write in and be a part of the MailPod segment, just like all those fine folks did, remember, you can come join our Discord where we have an ever-growing community of potheads just like you who are there to talk about Nintendo, to sh- help you get a PS5 pre-order, which we'll talk about on After Dark. Uh, it- it's-, it's really a great community full of great people, and we hope that uh, if you enjoy the show, if you like you know what we're doing, you like coming and tuning in and listening to us talk about Nintendo every week, you'll come and continue the conversation over there with the rest of the gang. Of course, you can also write into me at peteatlupots.com and uh, you know send if you if you like old fashioned long form emails. Um, that's that's a that's a great way to get in touch. So uh, you know, there's also a YouTube channel. We've got a Twitch channel. You know how you know ah, go follow at Lupots. You understand how these things work at this point. It's enough shilling for now. Let's get to the not actually the main topic, but the main event, which is our Mario 3D All Stars yes. first impressions. Let's get into it. So Steve. Why don't you start where – what game did you start first with, I guess, would be the, the way to start this conversation. Uh, so I started at 64. I thought, I'm going to start this chronologically. I'm going to start at 64. I'm going to go to Sunshine and then have a bit of Galaxy. Um, but after about two minutes of 64, I realized that it's that it's not for me anymore. And I went and played Sunshine. Uh, and I'm, I'm deep in on Sunshine. I played a little bit of Galaxy, but the motion controls with the Pro Controller were beginning to piss me off, and I couldn't be bothered to go pick up my Joy-Cons off, the, off of the Switch, so I just yeah. stuck with Sunshine for now. Um, but how about you? So I started with Mario 64, and for the first night, that's all I played. And if we didn't do this podcast, that's still all I would be playing. Okay. Um, just because that's like what I want to do, but, uh, knowing that we were going to be doing our first impressions this week, I wanted to at least kick the tires on sunshine. So I popped that one open because I, you know, I figured galaxy, there are some changes obviously to, you know, adapt to the, the joy cons rather than the Wii, the Wii remote. But, um, 
that one didn't seem like there was quite as much changed where I saw that there was like quite a bit of hullabaloo about the changes yeah. that were made to uh, Sunshine's controls. I think most probably most notably that um, they changed the inversion and made the flood uninverted um, and you can't change that. So if you're somebody who's actually played the game before and has that muscle memory, it's a little awkward at first. It was really um, alien to me. Super yeah. alien to me because like I'm used to just pulling down and then his, his nozzle's going up. Right. But it was opposite. And I, I'm someone who always plays with the normal axis. I never invert it. Right. Agreed. But I was used to it for Sunshine. And for it not yeah. to be there, it was strange. But I, I'm 100% over that now, and it's it's fine. Yeah, I, I definitely got used to it pretty quickly, but I was worried I wouldn't because I, I'm with you where I don't play inverted, but I have that muscle memory with this game as a game I've beaten at least twice. And then, you know, on top of that... Um, I'm weird with inverted controls because there's some things I want to be inverted. Like if I'm flying a plane, I want the controls to be inverted because that's how planes fly. And that's how I think of the flood where it's like, well, it would make sense that I would pull down to make the nozzle go up because that's how a nozzle would work, right? Like that's what you would do. If you wanted to arc it up, you'd pull it back. So it, it's odd. It's definitely off. And I, I wish they hadn't made that change I, I, I wish there was an option to, to switch it's, it. But. It's really curious to me that there isn't an option. But there were, they made a change in um, new... I think it was New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe to the controls. And, After the fact. Yeah, and there was like a, a, a code you could put in when you like launched the game up and it would revert the controls back to the ones that were on the Wii U. So I don't know if there is going to be anything that like data miners find out that you can change it back, but I would imagine not... Um, just because these are being emulated rather than it being an actual port. It's just interesting because it's being emulated, but they still changed that. They, yeah, they changed a lot. I was surprised that they were able to uh, patch in like the actual Switch buttons, even into Mario 64. I noticed like, you saw the thumbstick and the, it's funny the ZR in, button and stuff. They have them in 64, but in Sunshine, I noticed the... X, the X button to change is still the flood the is still the GameCube one. button, yeah. which is really odd. <laughs> um, like really odd, but that's fine. Um, so th- those are the two I-, I I wanted to just like get into, you know, because um, I-, I love Galaxy. I'm very much looking forward to playing Galaxy, but like I didn't want to start all three of them, you know. And I just you know, so like I jumped into Sunshine, and my plan was to just play through the intro and go to like the first level and. You know, do a couple things just mm-hmm. so I could kind of like get a taste for it and see how it felt. And um, I ended up playing. I got like six shine sprites or something like that. So I ended up playing for a decent amount of time, more than I wanted to. I probably put like maybe two, three hours into it. Uh, but I'm quite a bit further in 64. Um, I've touched at least the first five worlds or whatever. Wow, okay. Like I beat- I beat Bowser the first time, and I'm working on getting the 30 stars to get through the second door. Um, so I'm I'm chipping away at it. I'm I'm pretty. I think I have like 25 stars right now. So I'll I'll, I'll probably the next time I sit down beat the second uh, the second stab at Bowser, and you know then be towards the end of the game. Um, I don't think I'll hundred percent it, but I'm definitely planning on on beating it. Uh, it's funny because I've seen like. You know, there's like a lot of conversation right now about these games, obviously, because people are playing them again. And, you know, there's like a debate going on of like, is Mario 64 good? Like, is it still good? Um, and like, it's funny to me to see how many people are like, oh, it doesn't hold up. Like, it's if you're you saying it's not for me anymore, 
that's a take I totally respect. Like, I get it. I think it plays and handles so much better than Mario Sunshine. It's, like, not even... No, no way. Absolutely no way for me. Literally the only... The jump is the only thing I will say in Sunshine that feels wonky. Is that it, that triple That's jump? That's the whole game. I, I can it's never a fucking, fucking nail the triple jump. Yeah, but I've got floods, so I'm fine. I never need the bloody triple jump. But yeah. um, like, yeah. I, okay. it, the, it's the camera for me in '64 that right that ruins I, it for me. I agree with you. Like the camera is abysmal. Um, but that's not how it controls, and I guess that's where I'm getting. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe but my pedantic. hand, my hand, um, and I know it's a, it's the problem with me. And maybe if I was, if maybe if I had a controller with one stick, it would be absolutely fine. But my hand is on that right stick, ready for me to like pull that camera around like every modern uh, 3D game, and yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't do it, and that's not like, uh, that's not a bad thing. It's not 64's fault. Because obviously the N64 controller only had one stick. It was the first game with a 3D camera. There's so much that it it did in bringing Mario into that 3D space that I I 100% agree with you. I do think it holds up today. I think you can play that game and still have fun. I think you could give it to a kid and they would still have fun. Mm -hmm. But for me, I I just want to remember how I want to remember enjoying it and not going back to it and feeling frustrated that the camera isn't functioning how I want it to be. And, and that's the thing. I I totally get that take. Like I get being like in 2020. I don't I don't feel like I need to play this game again. Right? Like fine. Totally totally am down with that. Um, and I feel that way about anything. Right? Like there's nothing wrong with like deciding you don't want to play a game or that it's not for you or whatever. But like I guess I take issue when people are like I don't like this thing, so it's bad. And yeah. the the conversation around this game controls bad versus this game's camera is bad. It might be a pedantic argument, but I think it's a relevant argument because I I genuinely think Mario handles so much better in 64 than in Sunshine, where, like, the only reason that I have problems in 64 is because of the camera, you know, is because Mm -hmm. the camera doesn't do what I want it to do. And Sunshine has a free camera, so that's great, and that definitely feels better. Don't get me wrong. Um, But playing Sunshine as an adult who is more competent at games – it definitely makes me realize like what was appealing about sunshine as a kid is that it's super forgiving, you know, is, is that like you can fuck up and it's really easy to like come back from something cause you have flood mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like I, I like that for what it is at certain capacities, but I think in general, the gameplay of sunshine is like not nearly as fun as 64. I don't think Mario's as fun to control. I don't think he moves as fluidly. I think the jumping does feel clunkier um, like the triple jump is really hard to nail. Uh, I can never super... get the triple jump. Or like the side jump, you know, like mm-hmm. in 64 is like so fluid and like such a part of maneuvering what's you know going the thing, on. The thing I missed the most, and it was, it was very clear to me that I missed it when I played all three of them. So I played a little bit of Galaxy as well. And in Galaxy, you have that attack button. That they've remapped the move to Y, so you can just attack things with the Y button if you don't want to. Oh, that's cool. Waggle the uh, Joy-Con. I like that. Um, and you had the like punch button in '64, where you can just essentially mm-hmm. go up and punch Goombas. Is missing in Sunshine. Like, I, yep. I j- uh, where is that? <laughs> that to me is such a a clear thing. Yeah, I can shoot it with Flood and it stuns it, but then I have to jump on it into a Grand Pound, and it's just frustrating. Whereas, yeah, what I want to do is just punch the punch the fucking thing, and it disappears. And it, it makes, like, every fight more cumbersome and, like, clumsy. 
And that's my biggest thing about Sunshine is like I think it feels clumsy. And I think that's okay because you have Flood and you can use Flood to correct your mistakes. But I would rather – personally, I would rather have like the challenge of 64 where like, yeah, like you are moving on like a shoestring platform. And if you fall, you're falling. You're dead. You know, and, like get it right. Try again. Um, that's what platforming is about. Have you got and to like, any of those like um, stages where they remove flood from you though? Like the secret stages? Yes, and I fucking love those. Uh, I was playing the one on the first level. Um, I tweeted about it. I forget the name of it, but it's the one that I tweeted about it and said it has like a Zelda tune to it. It's like uh, Bianco Bron- Falls. Bron- or yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, the it's like the third shine sprite on that one is the secret cave, and that's the first one that you can get where the evil. Mario takes flood and you have to do like the classic, you know, like yeah. kind of clear stage completion platforming. And those feel great, but I'm also frustrated that when they take away flood, they don't give you back all your Mario 64 skills. You know, like that is what I feel like you should get and like it still doesn't feel quite right, you know? Mm-hmm. And it very much gives me the feeling of like, ah, I think I would have rather this game was just this. You know, that's like that's Mario 3D Land, basically. And I fucking love that game. So it makes sense <laughs> that I like it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, these levels fucking rule. Yeah, I did the first one of those today. So I've just been doing one shine on each of the uh, each of the levels. I've been collecting a bunch of the blue coins. I bought like three of those now. And um, I got a couple of the shines around just Delfino. So mm-hmm. I, I got the one that's in the tower and there's a couple of other ones, I think. Oh, you can get some, you can get blue coins for doing the fruit. So I've been doing that for all the people as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've just got the one on Gelato Beach. And so you like shoot something and then a sandcastle appears and you like run to the sandcastle and then it like evil Mario shows up, takes your flood away. Uh, and I was getting frustrated with it because of the jump. And they've, there's these like sand blocks that disappear as you walk on them. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing the jump, and he would like bounce on the wall and then like flip off into a random direction, or he wouldn't do his triple jump pro- properly. And there must be a way for me to figure out how to do that fucking thing because that's the biggest thing that's driving me crazy is the fact I can't nail that triple jump. I mean, it's and doable. So- it's just delayed, and it's, it feels weird because like I had to figure it out to get to the the level that I'm talking about, to get into the cave, you need to do a triple jump and like grab on a rope or use flood. Um, but you need the triple jump to get that verticality. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really like a, it's not, it's not as like, um, I feel like the, the jumping is like precise in 64, but it's also a little bit more forgiving where like, I feel like you have a little bit more of a window to get that triple jump timed and like, you still have the momentum. And I feel like on sunshine, it's like literally like, as he lands so it's kind of like it's like a second later than you think it's going to be so you yeah. really have to just be it's like very deliberate you know it's like a duh 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 and like you got to just get that timing right i'll nail it eventually but at the moment i've just been using flood anywhere that i i would yeah. usually use that triple jump so i was um doing the before the one right before gelato beach which is the one that's in the boathouse so you get the boathouse back and then you jump through it and it's like that harbor where you pull up the submarine and stuff and i was basically just flying around that whole thing with flood and to me that mechanic is so fun oh i know one of the complaints people had when this game came out that it was such a departure from 64 and that everything focuses around that mechanic but to me that's absolutely fine 
And it's kind of what they went back to with Odyssey and that the mechanic goes back to, you know, Cappy is the main mechanic in Odyssey. And I get that that opens up, unlike Flood, it opens up so many different mechanics that you put it onto the um, the guy with the glasses and you can see the hidden uh, the hidden bridges and stuff like that. Right. You obviously don't get that with Flood. But to me, just that... And, and I know there's different nozzles I can unlock, so there are potentially different mechanics that will be unlocked as, as the game goes on. But for now, I'm having fun just flying around everywhere with the hover nozzle. The only th- complaint I've got with it is that the aiming feels a little bit imprecise... And again, that could just be because they've had to, they've one, inverted it, so it feels strange to me. But the way they've also accounted for the lack of the analog controller, uh, the analog um, uh, trigger, is they put one on R and one on ZR, which I think is exactly what you said you thought they were going to do. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's 100% what they did. And to me, that's absolutely fine. Like you're, you're running around with, with uh, ZR pulled down and shooting everything, and then when you need that precision, you you press R, and you can then pivot. Focus. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It works, but it does feel clumsy, and I don't think I don't think it's because of this control scheme. I think it's just because this game has always felt kind of clumsy. Um, and it, it's weird because, like, uh, the discourse around this uh, around Sunshine has always been, like, off to me because I think there's, like, a contingency of people who are, like, die hard, it's great, and people who are, like, die hard, it's bad, and I don't think either of those are the take. Um, there's this I, I, I mean, I think the take is it's an okay game, and I don't think that's fine. And that's okay. Yeah, but it's a Mario game, so, like, we have to, like, argue about it. Um, but there's this YouTuber I really like, uh, Matthew Matosis, who does long-form reviews, and he did uh, a series on all of the 3D Marios, and I think he d- he does a really good job of breaking down, like, what what works and what doesn't work about Sunshine, and, like, I like The Flood, fine, I like uh, Isle Delfino, fine, like, but I, I think that, I think everything that you can say as a pro about that game eventually becomes a con, you know, where, like, I, I like the flood mechanic enough, but I do think it over-relies on it, and there are a lot of parts that are not fun. Like, it's not fun when there's just a pile of goo on the ground, and you need to, like, awkwardly circle it to get all of the little bit. Like, yeah. that's not, it's not fun to do. It just isn't. Um, And the, like, again, like, I like Isle Delfino, and I feel like that's a really cool environment. Like, the music's good. It's sunny. It's, like, I have such a, a fondness for that. But I feel like it overstays its welcome a little bit because every level is just Isle Delfino. So everything is the same aesthetic and the same vibe. And, like, you compare that to 64, um, which obviously, you know, not comparing it to later Mario games because they're iterative and you expect them to be, to be better. But 64, like, there's so much more diversity of the maps, you know? And, like, the difference between, like, Bomb on Battlefield, which is, like, a more open environment that's more about exploration versus, like, um, like the Clock Tower, which is, like, way, it's all about precision platforming, you know? And, like, the Boo House is puzzles. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I just... I like Sunshine a lot. But I just like it. I don't. I wouldn't say that I love it. You know. You know. And, but and that's think- that's how I feel about sixty four. I like. I like it. I don't love it, and that's probably because I don't have any nostalgia for it. And I do sure. think that factors in big time into why everyone loves sixty four so much. I mean, is- I have a nostalgia for both of them. You know, like there's different points 
for mm-hmm. me. Like I, I loved both of these games though as a kid for sure. Um, I think it's just like, and I, I probably as a kid I would have said I liked Sunshine more. You're it a was kid. Easier, and and yeah, I could beat that's it. Fair. You know, because um, I didn't, I couldn't, I don't think I've ever beaten 64. I think I um, did on the DS version, but there's no way I did on the N64. That one I did beat, but yeah, I don't really count that. It's not like really the same game, but you know, whatever. Um, I, I definitely never beat it on an N64. You know, if I did beat it, it was like as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like trying to think of the ending and I'm like, I don't think I ever got past the clock tower level. And that's one of the last ones. Um, but Sunshine, I know I beat like when it was new and then later on um like i replayed it as a teenager when i was like 14 or something like that 13 um but yeah i this has been really fun it's been like a fun walk down memory lane and like particularly booting up uh 64 for the first time like i got like those waves of you know of nostalgia yeah um like i remember like i booted it up and like sarah was sitting next to me on the couch and uh, she, like, I just caught her, like, lo- like looking at me, you know? And, like, I just had this, like, big, like... And then I like, thought about how I looked, and I was like, oh, yeah. I've just got, like, a big, goofy, <laughs> like, childish grin on my face right now of just, like, oof. It, it, put, it puts you back, you know? It puts you in a real time and place kind of thing. And, you know, I think... Like, I definitely think these games hold up, and to your point, if you've never played them or if you're, like, a youth, um, that there's a lot to love and a lot to appreciate there. Oh, yeah. But... Man, nostalgia is one hell of a drug, you know. Massively. It puts me back to like yeah. Christmas nineteen ninety nine, you know, like getting the N sixty four, and you know, ugh. Mm. What's special? What's your take on these all being emulation? Because I know there were some reservations beforehand, but it seemed to be that that was like people with hacked switches that didn't have this um, <laughs> yeah. version 10 patch, which has the just-in-time library, which the emulators use, uh, which was causing crashes. So I've got no sympathy for them for stealing games I, whatsoever. Yeah, I, I love... Um, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was like... It was like Jeff Grubb or like John Cartwright or somebody like that who I follow on Twitter, uh, who is like, I love when people show their cards that they're pirating stuff by being like, oh, look, this doesn't work. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's the fucking not the main version yet. Yeah. Like it's you stole it off of the you know eShop before it went live. So you're an asshole. Good job. Sorry, you got a broken game. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, in terms of the emulation thing, like I'm of two minds with it. I, I, I said when they announced this, I, I don't have a problem with it, I don't have a problem with this package. I think it's good, a good value. Um, I don't, I don't personally feel like burned for having spent sixty dollars on it. You know, um, that said, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's something to be said for preserving the games as they are or as they were. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I also did in the preamble of like when this was a just a rumor before it got actually confirmed, you know, I, I would really like to see a proper remake of, of 64, like in the, uh, the Odyssey engine, you know, or, or, or any of these games, uh, redone with, um, you know, with that new TLC, because like, I honestly think if you took Mario 64 and just gave it a modern camera, uh, and a fresh coat of paint, I, I think, I think it would reopen the argument for what's the best Mario game. Oh, you know? I absolutely do. I I completely agree with you. To me, that is the only problem I have with that game is that camera. Other than that, 
And the only other thing I would want to change, and I want to change it on Sunshine too, is kicking me out the level every time I get a star. Like, yeah. I just want to go into the level and I just want to keep playing and exploring. And I think it was Odyssey that changed that for the first time. Yes. That you can just stay there and get as many stars as you want. And that, to me, is way more enjoyable. Just being able to run around, explore, and you can just do multiple stars in any order you want and it really doesn't matter. Uh, you can't really do that with those games, though, unless you really fun. Excuse me. Fundamentally change them because, yeah. like, um, you think of sixty four, right? Like, just using that as an example, bomb on battlefield. The first star is to get up to the top and fight the king bomb on. The second one is the race, right? And like, you have two different events that trigger around that same place. So, like, the fact that like they change over time depending on which one you're going for kind of makes that not yeah work like i'm with you in terms of i that would be nice same for same for this example though i got the sixth star first on bob on battlefield which is the chain chomp and it booted me out why can't i do that plus also get to the top of the hill yeah i'm with you on that it would be nice if there was like an option to do that at least um but but the, I get it. I get it. you could you would need to change it. But that to me is the only one of these. Of the time too. Yeah, and that to me is the only reason the uh, the only one I think that needs that rem- remake rather than remaster is sixty four. I personally think Sunshine looks great, and digital, the cutscenes don't look great. No, but they the don't actual, because they're they pre-rendered. look like washed out. Yeah, you know, and like a little bit stretchy. But um, the actual gameplay I think looks actually great. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember I was talking with my buddy about it, and he was like, yeah, Sunshine doesn't look that great. And then, I like, I was playing it, and I was like, oh, God, this opening cutscene looks like shit. And then when we got into the actual game, I was like, oh, this looks beautiful. Yeah. I feel like they did a really good job of getting it in 1080. Like, it looks a little bit jagged. Like, it still has a little bit of those GameCube-like sharp edges, but, like... The weirdest thing for me is the, uh, is the heat wave effect. Because I yeah. I did it took me ages to realize what it was I was looking at, and I think maybe it's because it was designed for 480p and the and CRTs. Yeah. But to me, I thought it was screen tearing, and I was like, mm-hmm. they haven't done a great job of optimizing this. The screen's tearing every two seconds, but it's the heat wave effect that's like uh, doing yeah. that mirage style thing from uh-huh. how hot the island is. It's funny because. Uh... Like, I, I clocked that right away, right? And, I, like, as soon as you started saying that, I was like, well, it makes sense. You live in England. It's never been hot before, so you've probably Ooh. never seen a heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, uh, the, have you gone... You haven't played any Galaxy, then? No, I haven't touched okay. it Okay. When you play Galaxy, give yourself an hour before you go back to either or the other two. Because it's 60 frames per second, and I went from Galaxy to Sunshine... Yeah. And holy shit, is there a difference when you've just played a 60 frame per second Mario game and you go back to 30 frames per second? It That's feels funny. so bad. I'll have to try that just to like get a, a taste for it. Yeah, I was planning on playing some Galaxy this week just so I can like space them out a little bit. And like I want to have my Galaxy impressions next time. And then I'm probably just going to play them in chronological order from yeah. then. Because I really do want to like roll credits on each of them at least. We'll see if I bother to like go <laughs> hey you got, you, you got to hurry up pikmin 3 is out at the end of this month and next month <sighs> okay next month isn't that bad That's why <laughs> like, wait really don't tell me that yeah and then, too many and, games. then and then why and then, do they space this shit out man <laughs> i know then you got your ps5 showing up in november so 
Yeah, we'll talk about that in After Dark. <laughs> talk so about that in After Dark. <laughs> there's so much news this week. It's insane. It's insane. It's a really big week for video games. It's like all of a sudden video games are fucking coming alive again because it's September. Uh, we do have a couple questions from the mail pot uh, all about Mario, so let's hop into a couple of those. This first one comes from that guy, one of our Patreon supporters, who writes in and says, while I can understand the most likely reason they got rid of so long, gay Bowser, uh, why did they have to do us dirty like that? Or at the very least, why didn't they remaster it so it sounds more like the intended so long, a Bowser? That would be like removing do a barrel roll from Star Fox 64. Uh, and then... So uh, we'll start. Have you ever have you ever like heard of this? I have heard of this like yeah. phenomenon, and uh, I think it just turned into a meme, right? That it's yeah. just this one little clip that's Mario chucking Bowser off, and he says, "So long, gay Bowser." And it's so funny because, like, uh, I know, um, oh, oh, uh, what's his name? Martin Martinet, Charles Martinet, the voice actor of Mario, has said that it's supposed to be longe. You know, like. The way he just puts A's on the ends of words randomly because Mario's a racist caricature. Um, That, like, it's it's just so funny, like, how that's become, like, such a, like, meme legend kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, uh, there is actually a um, explanation for this, and Asobi from the community actually responded in the Discord and... Uh, gave a little bit of, of confirmation here. And this is something we talked about in a previous episode, like briefly, but mm-hmm. uh, this this is from Asobi. He said they actually used the Shindao pack, uh, Taikout, the Shindao pack Taiyo version, which is kind of like an early update version of Mario 64 as a base, which had different lines. So it's not a changed it now thing, but a no localization besides text thing. Um, so yeah, the uh, the Taiyo version of, of Mario 64 has like a few different changes. Yeah. Um and that was one of them and they they made it they made the change because they they thought that Bye Bye Bowser was like a more um like culturally universal like that people would understand Bye Bye even if they don't speak English. Um so that was like the I think the explanation behind why they made that change. I don't think it was like ever connected to the, you know, quote-unquote controversy, because I don't really think that Nintendo... I don't think anyone even noticed until the internet existed, and then everyone yeah, exactly. was talking about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so Asobi said this version added Rumble support and changed the line from So Long King of Bowser to Bye bye <laughs> yeah, That's a question, then. Does this ha- does, does 64 have Rumble in? Not the and- original. But in the emulated one on Switch, have you noticed it Rumble? Does. Okay. Yeah. I so think that anyway. explains why they would have used that version. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, that's like the that's like the best version of the original game yeah. by all accounts. I don't know uh, that I've noticed it in Sunshine. Rumble? Yeah. It's got to be there. Rum- Rumble's one of those things that like I feel like I don't notice anymore. No, I don't. Cuz it's like so That's because like... it's so last gen and this gen is uh all about 6 axis, right? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> right. I, Rumble's not even like last gen, it's like two gens ago. It's <laughs> yeah, like that's like so, you know, it's like it's a thing that you take I take for granted now. I'm just yeah. like, oh yeah, it's Rumble. Let's there. Cool. Um this next one comes from Eddie Road Dog, who says, Two questions. Will Mario Galaxy 2 be ported separately, and is that a bad thing? Also, is this Nintendo done... Is Oh, I'm sorry. Also, is Nintendo done with big first-party announcements for the rest of 2021? So, I think Galaxy 2 will be ported at some point. I don't know that it'll be separately. I could see them either doing it as its own thing, 
depending on what they do with these or maybe as part of another collection um, because there are other, like obviously there's the DS version of 64, there's this, there's Super Mario 3D Land. That's what I meant. Yeah, the 3DS one. Um, so there's like a few other 3D Mario games that they could package it with and do like a all 3D All Stars two if they wanted to. Uh, but I don't know. I hope that they do. I, I mean, I, I really the hope they don't charge fifty quid for a port of Galaxy two, and we just paid fifty quid for three games. So I really yeah. hope they pack it in, or they charge a reasonable price, like twenty twenty quid. Yeah, I think twenty or thirty would be would be okay. So I hope so. I hope so. Uh, and is Nintendo done with big first party announcements for twenty twenty one? I don't. I don't think so at all. Uh, I, I'm wondering if you meant to say twenty twenty there. Yeah, because... I, I don't think we're going to see any other directs. I think we're going to see lots for twenty twenty one. It's the thirty fifth Zelda anniversary. I think we're going to see that new hardware that's been rumored. We're going to see Breath of the Wild two. At least Absolutely. if it's a tr- just a trailer that doesn't have a, a definitive release date, I think we're going to hear more about it next year. Yeah, e- even if it doesn't come out next year, we're definitely going to get a deep dive. I feel like where it's like, here's the mechanics, here's what's different. The same way we had that E three where we got to see like fucking six hours of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> So I, I imagine we'll have a, a similar thing. Um, and I also think that there's other stuff that like we just don't even know about yet. Like I think I mean, that we also probably... we also haven't even seen the Pokemon stuff yet, have we? The, no. The, so we've still got that to potentially come. Um, so yeah, we'll have to yeah. wait and see. But I really don't think we're going to see any other big, huge first party announcements this year at this point. No, no, I don't. I don't think so either. But I think, I think like early 2021, you're probably going to get some rumblings of some new stuff because, you know, I think for all the like complaining and, you know, um, hand wringing that there was about this year, like Nintendo actually ended up having quite a bit to show us. So even with that said, there are a lot of teams that we know have been working on things or that have been dormant for a while. So like, like we know breath of the wild two is coming. Like, I think it's probably inevitable that we're going to get the announcement of, you know, um, like something new from Pokemon sooner than later. Maybe the tease of the next Fire Emblem. Maybe the tease of like an Odyssey sequel. You know, there's so many cards left in the deck that I think there are still some surprises to come for next year. Even though I think we have a pretty good idea of what what a lot of the heavy hitters will be. I think some of those like B C tier announcements, like uh, you know, like a, another Kirby or another Yoshi or you know, um, like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Any of those kinds of... Well, we still got Detective Pikachu port to come to Switch from 3DS and Detective Pikachu 2 that's been yep. announced. So we haven't seen either of those yet. So I think we'll probably see some information about those in 2021. Uh, also, the possibility of seeing uh, Gen 4 uh, remakes for Pokemon uh, Platinum and uh, Diamond. I'd like or that. Or Diamond, Diamond if- Pearl and Platinum. Especially if they're like, let's go. I, I just really want another chill Pokemon game because I-, I loved let's go. Like, let's go Johto, also potentially on the table. So, uh, I think, yeah, definitely a lot to come yet, I would think. Uh, Chewy asks, uh, and this is our own Chewy, says, uh, do you think that a Nintendo-made slash published game from GameCube being added to Switch opens up the door for more of their GameCube games to return? Oh, God, I hope so. I I hope so. I don't know so. Uh, I no. no. It's gotta be so. Uh, I've been reading into how these emulators work. It's absolutely fascinating to me. So they've developed. They got the Nintendo of of Europe division to to build these emulators. Who were the ones responsible for the mini 
uh, NES and SNES consoles and emulators. Oh. So there, okay. there are three individual emulators. The uh, the Wii one, Galaxy, they compiled the code so it runs natively on the CPU, but the, all of the graphics and stuff is emulated. And then the N64 and the GameCube one, they're just fully emulated. And they inject new textures and uh, uh, patches for the code using a scripting language called Lua. And they patch that on the fly in real time. But all they do is they provide an executable to these emulators. It's a .dol file for the GameCube, which is a Dolphin file, which is the original GameCube executable. So they could potentially just take that GameCube emulator and add in additional Dolphin files. uh, And then just add the patches for the new textures and um, changes for the buttons and things that they want to do. And they could use the the scripting uh, that they've added into that emulator to potentially easily port uh, any GameCube game they wanted at this point. Man, that's cool. How wild would it be if we got like N sixty four, that N sixty four app next year? I would then, like, love GameCube that. Comes. That would be so good. That would be really cool. And that would, I think, would <laughs> above the twenty six million or whatever they reported this week that uh, Nintendo Switch Online accounts. They would sell so many more if you got N64 and GameCube games as part of the the deal. Dude, if they were like, okay, N64, day one, we've got Mario 64, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Party 2, Mario Kart 64. Like, okay, cool, great. Yeah, take my money. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so, Chewy. Hope it opens it up. Uh, This last one comes from Throws of Life, who says, if they made a Legend of Zelda anniversary collection, which three games would you pick to be in it? Okay, I also, I was reading this question when I put the show notes together. I also want to know, what three games do you think are realistic that will go in it? What thing games do yeah. you think Nintendo will pick? Because the three games I would choose are going to be like Wind Waker. I'd like to play Skyward Sword because I've never played it. And I would probably say Ocarina of Time because I'm hoping that they would put the 3DS version with the, the movable camera. I think that was in Ocarina or was that Majora's yeah. Mask? I think both. Yeah, but then the both. the realistic ones, I think they'll do Ocarina of Time, and you'll have to like suck up the fact that Majora's Mask is not here, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess. I agree. Um, I think those are the realistic ones. In terms of what I want, I think probably that collection would be what I would want anyway, because um, I, I really like... Ocarina, Majora's, and Wind Waker. If I had a pick, I guess that would actually be the three I would I would actually want. But I'm assuming that they would follow the same trajectory of like one per generation. You know, yeah, that was my guess. Um, so assuming it's it's the one per generation thing, that would be my guess. Is I'm I'm with you there. But for my for my money, I would prefer those three because I don't really like the GameCube or Wii Zeldas. Um, I don't like Twilight Princess. I ne- never finished it. Couldn't be bothered. Um. Didn't I? The beginning of that game is bad. The three-hour oh, it's so horribly boring. I never got introduction past it. where they're like, "Hey, learn to fish and shit." Yeah, well, that's the thing is, it sucks. And I got past it and kept playing. And then the first dungeon is also like a handholdy tutorial Ugh. thing. And then like I, I remember, I think I got to the second or third one before I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like playing as the wolf. I just want to be Link. I just want to fucking solve dungeons. Like this is not fun. Um, so. I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't think... Like, they did a re-release of that on Wii U, and I was like, no, nah, no thanks. But you got and the Wind Sky- Waker one, right? I did. Because yeah. Wind Waker fucking rules. Yeah, it's and gorgeous. 
Skyward Sword, I've never properly played, but I tried it at a friend's house because their their younger sibling was playing it. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, let me let me like kick the tires on this. And I just didn't like it. Like, I did not like the motion controls. And I thought it was just like awkward, you know? So I I guess I would like to give that one a shot, but I'm not that interested in playing either of those games, to be like honest with you. So if it were up to me. Give me Ocarina of Majora and Wind Waker, because those games rule. All right, so let's jump into the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase number three. They saved all the really big announcements for this one, it seems. Uh, people were happy with this one, which is nice for a change. Because It is a change, isn't it? It's nice not to see people moaning just constantly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they found new things to moan about, but, you know, hey, that's the internet. So I... Uh, I thought this was a great showing. It's funny because I still feel like the first partner direct was the best one for me um, because I really want to play Shin Megami Tensei Five. Yeah, but I think I don't think it's like arguable that this was the best one in terms of like overall pacing and oh, you plus know. the like games announced were huge ones. Yeah, yeah. So we kick things off with two new Monster Hunter games that were shown off coming to Switch. Monster Hunter Rise, which is a brand new game. Uh, it has like a grappling hook mechanic that like lets you swing around like you're Spider-Man. And uh, there's like a large, like seamless open map. Um, they showed off a bunch of, you know, like monsters that we already know, but they also showed off some new ones. And uh, this is coming out March 26, 2021, right around the corner. And then um, Monster Hunter... Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, which is a follow-up to Monster Hunter Stories that was on the 3DS originally. I think it came to mobile later. Yeah, um, it did, yeah. So this is one where you play the descendant of a legendary monster rider rather than a hunter. And um, it, there's a mass disappearance of Rathalos, and, like, you're going to go figure it out because you're, like, you know, you're communing with the monsters and stuff. Um, looked very cute. It was, like, a very, like... It's like shibby, a little bit more. Of the story two, driven. this was the one that interested me more. But I've never played Monster Definitely. Hunter stories. But this one looked more my bag. I agree. Um, and they also confirmed that there would be some ca- compatibility between the two games, uh, which is which is pretty interesting. And this one comes out summer twenty twenty one. So you're getting both of these next year, which is crazy. Feels yeah. like a little well, bit of how overkill. Cra- but how crazy was it as well that it was? Oh, we're doing this partner direct. Here's here's a Monster Hunter game, and it was like, and oh, we also prepared another trailer. Here's another Monster Hunter game. Oh, and at the end of this show, there's going to be a Monster Hunter direct that you yeah. knew absolutely <laughs> nothing about. Here you go. Here's another thirty minutes of Monster Hunter news. If you're a Monster Hunter fan and you have a Nintendo Switch, this is an awesome presentation. And if you're a Monster Hunter fan and you don't have a Nintendo Switch, you probably just bought one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I'm not a Monster Hunter guy. I played Ultimate a little bit when it came out because um, all my friends were playing it and I wanted something to play at the time. Uh, I liked it for what it was. It didn't connect with me. It's not my kind of game. But I definitely like... See, that's interesting to me because you love Horizon and that's very much a similar game mechanic. Yeah, but... <sighs> But I, I guess I it's think the big, story or the... Yeah, a big yeah. part of why I love Horizon is that, like, I love the story and I love the world. And I was like, yeah, the gameplay's fun, but I was captivated to keep continuing because I wanted to chase down the mysteries of, like, what happened to human society mm-hmm. and, you know, what why, is the... To me, the, the, whole, the whole mechanic or the whole storyline that I liked the most in Horizon was why the fuck is Aloy the only one who can access any of the stuff? And that was right. what motivated me the most to keep playing that game was 
why is Aloy, like, special and she's the only one? Yeah, she's got this head thing, but anyone else that puts this on, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't work. So why? And getting to the end and finding that out was just such a great, um, just such a great premise for a story. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think it's the fact that that game, I think it, for me anyway, the narrative works on three levels where there's the mystery of Aloy, the mystery of the past, and the mystery of the present of, like, I want to keep advancing because I want to see more of the map and I want to see how other societies have developed and how other humans live and how do they deal with the machines and what are their cities like or what are their, you know, um, what are their communities like, you know, because obviously like every group you meet lives a totally different way. And, you know, I, I thought that was really compelling. And like with Monster Hunter, uh, at least with Ultimate, I haven't really ever played any of the other ones um, extensively. Uh it has a story, but it's not good. It's not interesting. The characters don't even have names. Um, it, it's just like – it's a means to an end. It's a framing device, but there yeah. are still cutscenes and shit you have to sit through and suffer through that I was not interested in. And it would be like I have to skip through this to try and do this. And, like, and then it's also the I don't like chasing loot and I don't like games that the entire point of it is to just keep playing, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, that's never been my bag. Like I like multiplayer games and I like um, games that are cooperative or competitive. You know, like there are elements of Monster Hunter that speak to me, but like there's no there's no end game except for the end game. Like it's just you've gotten here, you get this gear, now get more gear, now get more gear, now get more. And it's like I don't care anymore. Like this is not fun. And it becomes a chore because if you're playing with people, then you have to keep up with them. You know, and, like, that was a problem for me where, like, uh, all my friends were, like, obsessed with it for, like, a month or three. And we're playing it, like, every day. And it's like, you want to come raid? You want to come raid? You want to come raid? And it's like, no, I don't. I don't yeah. want to play this game that this, much. That was the problem I had with Destiny. It was everyone just got way too far ahead of me. And I just stopped playing with other people. I never, ever did yeah. any of the raids again because everyone that I was playing with, their light level was way too high. I couldn't keep up with them you have to i think it's the kind of game you have to be invested in it's the only game you play like my sister is obsessed with elder scrolls online it's the only right. game she plays and because of that she has this whole big group of people she plays with they're raiding all the time and it and i have it's friends, like a lifestyle yeah i mean i have friends who who are the same with world of warcraft and and i'm kind of jealous but part of me is like I'm never going to get into anything like that. I'd rather just hop from game to game to game and have these bite-sized experiences and go, yeah, that was great, and move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's just how I play. Like, I don't want to... I, I don't know. I just... I've never gotten the appeal of that. Like, I remember, like, at the height of WoW, you know, I was always the friend playing who was, like, way under-leveled and behind everybody. And, you know, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't really want to do this. Like, I would rather... Like, I would rather play a game like League of Legends where it's like, oh, we did a round. Did we win? Cool. Let's do another round. Let's do another round, you know? Um, that kind of game just speaks to me more if we're talking about, like, online stuff because I just don't want to commit that hard to any one game for that long. Like, if I want to, great. If if the game spoke to me that much and I was addicted to it, I could totally see the appeal of that. But no game like that ever has gameplay that's that good, in my opinion. Um and maybe that's just because I've never gotten to Endgame, but I also think that, like, if the conceit of your game is you need to pay, like, 60 to 80 hours before you even get to the part that's fun, then, like, I don't want to do that. So, um, I'd rather just keep playing new games. Uh, so, moving along, there were some shadow drops of some 
uh, some pretty awesome games, actually. Hades, which is Supergiant's uh, newest roguelike. It made waves uh, when it, its alpha came to the Epic Game Store, I think, last summer. Yeah, it was exclusive um, to the EGS for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, and people were like, hot about it for sure um but it was one of those for me where i was like oh let's wait and see for it to come to consoles excuse me uh finally on switch definitely one that i would be playing if there weren't a million other things out right now but one i've got my eye on for sure i've heard a lot of good things i know max um has been tweeting about it and said that it's like really really tight so i'm i'm interested in that one like roguelikes not usually my jam too much because it's the same kind of thing where it's like you just play and play and play and play and play um, but it seems like this game like has a narrative and that there are, you know, it's a little more goal oriented. So I'm I'm interested in that for sure. Uh, and then there's the Long Dark, which is an exploration survival game that uh, is already out on like PS4, Xbox, and PC. But um, definitely looks cool. It's a game I constantly confuse with um, that dog sledding game. Yes, which is the one I'm really excited about. It's the dog sledding game. Yeah. And I keep seeing this I saw this, this and I was like, oh, it's, oh, yeah, wait, this isn't it. That, Never yeah. mind. Oh, that's like the red red something. Thing it's like red one. sun, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Um, And then Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is cool. Obviously, we knew that that existed and like people were playing it. And oh, yeah, it everyone kind of like, knew, yeah. When the fuck are they going to announce this thing? But finally, we got it. Here it is. Uh, still haven't played the first one, so... Maybe I'll get around to that one of these days. No, Metroidvania. It's so, a Metroidvania. Yeah. You're never going to play it. I just don't like them that much. <laughs> I like, I yeah. want to. I know Ori's supposed to be really great, but I just I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but so is Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is meant to be like the best Metroidvania ever made, according to Pixel, and mm, I still haven't got past much of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like them that much. I really don't. Uh, but then also announced we had Empire of Sin got a release date for December 1st. I'm really excited for this game. Me uh, too. We've seen this in Past Rex. This was the one that's like the 1920s um, like crime family. It's like 1920s city skylines by the looks of it. Some organizational management sim yeah. of a crime, uh, crime organization. And I was 100% into it. So yeah. I hope this plays well on Switch because I think I will probably end up picking it up for something to play over Christmas. Yeah, if not, I actually might grab this on PC if it if it if it is like better on PC because um, I this is definitely my kind of game and like the aesthetic of it is really appealing. So I uh, every time we see it, I'm like, oh yeah. I thought it was Mafia it. when they first popped into the trailer. I genuinely yeah, thought it was Mafia. Similar look, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, and then there was Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise, launches December 4th, Sniper Elite 4, Holiday 2020, Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, exclusive to Nintendo Switch, which is cool, Summer 2021, Balan Wonderland, March 26, and then Rune Factory 5, uh, 2021. Rune Factory 5 is one that I've had people tell me that it sounds like a game that I would like, and it seems like a game I might like. I just am really wondering if like the story will engage me or not. This is a bit personary, right? It's a bit persona y, but it's like it's also a bit like Harvest Moon y, you know, it's like there's like a farm thing, there's personality simulator, there's, you know, RPG stuff, JRPG stuff, like dungeon crawling. So it seems like it combines a lot of shit I like. It's just I, I guess how deep are all those systems and how good are the characters yeah. in the story that like will I care, you know? Because that's, like, what it takes for me to really engage with a game like that. Is like, I fell in love with Persona 5 because I really liked its characters. And it made me want to know what happened. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm in. I'll, pay, I'll play this for 115 hours. 
Still chipping away at that one. Uh, I think I'm going to need a long JRPG break, actually, after this, though. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, really unsurprisingly, the number you've played. Yeah, I've been through a lot of them in the last, like, two years. Uh, but, yeah, so that was that was the direct. Uh, I Again, I thought this was a strong one. It was short, but they packed a lot of announcements in there, lots of high-quality games, and I think, mm-hmm. especially for the people who've been complaining that there's not anything to play right now, um, you got some good stuff. To, to jump into or to at least like look forward to in the, the upcoming months. So um, it's nice to see, you know, a good mix of stuff that's imminent, immediate, and, you know, like in the near future, like seeing both of those Monster Hunter games with 2021 dates is, is nice. Like that gives us an idea of what the landscape for 2021 looks like, um, you know, before we're even through the last quarter here in 2020. So seems like uh, we're already doing a bit better job of having a roadmap for next year than we did this year. <laughs> so hopefully they're hearing everybody's complaints on that one. All right, so we're going to jump into our main topic here. Uh, as I, I teased at the top, uh, Nintendo confirmed this week that the 3DS has officially ended production. 2020, uh, this is, you know, what? Three years into the Switch's life cycle, I think a lot longer than many people expected that it would hang around. Yes, uh, too too long, in my opinion. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe so. Do you remember right at the beginning, though, and I think it was for like the first two years, maybe just a year and a half, you, we would keep seeing directs, and it would be uh, to unveil some new games for Nintendo Switch and 3DS, and everyone was just like, what the fuck? Why, why are you still making 3DS games? What are you playing at? Like, please stop. Just stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it particularly bothered me just because uh, there were, like, games that they put out on 3DS, and I'm like, I want this on Switch. I really I wanted want- Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn on Switch because it's... I wanted like- that Mario Party game. Are you oh, kidding yes, me? yes, the Mario Party, uh, just the mini games collection. You got yeah. 100 mini games, and that would have been pa- a perfect party game. Every- give everyone a Joy-Con and go play 100 mini games. Yeah, right. So, I mean, uh, you know, came out in 2011, which is insane that it had a nine-year life cycle. Yeah. That's it had, like, nuts. next to no competition, though, because the Vita just failed. Just died. <laughs> I mean, it chugged along. It chugged along for the almost, basically until the Switch came out, and then it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, you know, so we, so obviously... I think for this show, I feel like the entire tenor of the conversation around the 3DS has always been like, let's put this thing to bed, right? Like we have the Switch. Oh now. yeah, it's can we put that final nail in the coffin, please? Because we're just ready to move on and and enjoy the console that's seemingly that's Nintendo's here. future. Right, and and while I was a part of that, I banged that drum. Now that we're here, now that we're at the end, 2020, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to just pour one out for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted to celebrate it a little bit because I think despite, uh, those feelings as a switch owner, uh, the 3DS was a great little console. And I think that it, you know, it obviously had a nice long life there. It sold well. Um, and, and it had a good library, you know, and and I, I think it's it's a console that um, that like Nintendo should definitely be proud of. So I, I wanted to take take uh, just a little walk down memory lane with the 3DS here as 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 we say goodbye. So let's let's start with talking about our relationship 
to, I guess, what is potentially Nintendo's last ever dedicated handheld, right? With the Switch uh, now introducing the modular console life, I have to imagine that the future of Nintendo consoles is modular this, consoles. Yeah. Um, to the point where if it isn't, I'll be actively pissed, I think. so. Yeah, me too. Keep it up, Nintendo. Uh, so, so yeah, so let's talk about that, Steve. What what was your relationship to the 3DS? So, I, I've never actually myself owned a 3DS. My ex had one at launch, uh, and I think it ended up getting that ambassador program thing where you get the free oh, yeah. Game Boy games because they reduced the price after about two seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, I had a rocky launch, the 3DS, yeah. which I think a lot of people forget because of how successful it ended up being, but... Yeah, I think it was a. Re- what did it retail at originally? It was like, it was pretty expensive. I'm really not sure. Yeah. So you look that up while I uh, yeah, while yeah. I talk about my relationship with the 3ds. So uh, I remember at, uh, playing a bit of Ocarina of Time on that. But once my ex finished that, he was just like, "Right, I'm selling it" because that's all the only game he wanted to play on it. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, so I played some of that, and then I remember getting him a 2ds XL. Uh, uh-huh. when, when they came out and I played a bunch of Animal Crossing on that uh, but other than that I've never ever owned a, th- a 3DS I was That's firmly crazy. on I was firmly on Vita Island playing Persona 4 <laughs> Golden and nice. I definitely backed the wrong horse there in terms of handhelds it's insane to me that A you never had one and B I didn't know that um, until now and that like we planned this topic and yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, top 10 3DS games. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I never had one. It's like, yeah. what? So I'm here doing this by myself? Yeah, so, uh, okay. so I'm going to talk about it a little bit differently. In terms of my five games that I'm going to be talking about, they're going to be ones I wish I'd played. And looking through the 3DS's library, this, something that really stands out to me is how much they did that everything that's on Wii U is going to be on the Switch, on the 3DS thing. So Smash is a lot has of a 3DS version. You've yeah. got the 3DS version of Mario Maker. They they did that with a lot of their games, which was, I guess, a, maybe a f- foreshadowing of what the Switch would become, where you can play those games outside yeah. of the house as well. Yeah, well, I mean, um, that's what's interesting, right? It's like we said, this is the last dedicated handheld, and this was like, it was during this this generation where we saw that transition first start, right? Was that like, the Wii U was a failure, so games like Smash got put out on 3DS because they would sell better there. You know, there was a bigger install base. And it was around that time that Nintendo first brought their development studios together where they were like, we're going to be rolling in all of our handheld and console development under the same house so that they can share resources and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that was that was the start of what would become the Switch. Um, was was that change and i think it was because of the failure of the wii u and the success of the 3ds um but speaking of the success of the 3ds i found the uh the the change here so the 3ds launched um in america in in north america on march 27th 2011 and it was priced at 250 and it was uh july 28th where they announced they were going to reduce the price by a third so it was just a few months where they they dropped it down to one seventy, one sixty nine ninety nine. So twenty eleven it launched for two fifty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it launched uh, at the same uh, in Europe as well. It was two fifty. In today's money, that's two hundred and ninety dollars. So it's like the price of a switch, right? Mm hmm. Crazy yeah, and they, money. And then they cut it down by quite a bit there. 
Um, which is good. <laughs> obviously, that that helped quite a bit. Uh, and then the ambassador program, you know, obviously ended up kind of being the consolation prize there. But uh, they pulled the plane up, and you know, we ended up getting a really successful console out of it, and an insane amount of iterations on it, as they were wont to do. But um, even more, I think, than any other one that they had done. There were quite a few iterations on the DS, but we had the 3DS, we had the new 3DS, uh, we had the 2DS, the new. The new Nintendo 3DS. I'm sorry. There's the 3DS. There was the first revision, which yeah. was the, not the light. No, it's just. Was, a, I think it was just the 3DS. XL. That was it. Yeah, they it did the, the 3DS XL, XL, which that was the then, second one. Then they did the new Nintendo 3DS, which had the face plates and, and, the, I, and the new and the exclusive games and the eye tracking to make the 3D actually work because otherwise it made me feel sick. Yeah. Right. And then they had the. 2DS, 2DS XL, and then the new 2DS XL. Crazy. Which is insane. Yeah. I always wanted... There was a couple I wanted. I wanted the Pop-Tart one, which was the Animal Crossing special for Oh, Japan. that one was so cute. It was yeah. so cool. And I really wanted the Pikachu 2DS XL with his, like, rosy cheeks and his little uh-huh. face. That was so cool. Nine, I'll tell you what. Nine years later, I still only have my original black launch... Not launch. Launch year. I got it after the price cut. 3DS. Still still kicking. That tiny, tiny screen. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I think think for for all that, I, I did really enjoy the 3DS. It's funny because, like, I've always really liked Nintendo handhelds, but I've definitely, like, kind of um, fallen in and out of them. You know, like, I was a huge Game Boy guy, huge GBA. I, I played the DS... A good amount, but not a huge amount. And then the 3DS was very much like a casual thing for me. Like there were a few real standout games that I spent a ton of time with, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't a daily thing for me. It wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't even like a primarily handheld device for me. You know, Um, it was like when there was a game I wanted to play on it, I'd play it. But it was kind of just my extra machine. You know, for for. More often than not, compared to the way that I play my Switch, where that the Switch is pretty much, excluding in 2020 anyway, uh, a daily a daily thing for me. Um, but that said, I think the 3DS had a great library, and you know, despite Steve's uh, lack of familiarity with it, I did want to kind of give a top five for myself. But then we also got a question. This one came from at Affy Lockhart over on Twitter, who said, as accompanying to your top 10 3DS games, what do you think are really underrated 3DS games? So I wanted to call out a couple of those too. So I think in the interest of time, uh, because we are already like a good amount into this episode, maybe we, don't, maybe we don't have to do a full top 10, but I'll give a top five, and then we'll get some honorable mentions yeah. in there. So you said that there were games you wanted to, to call out as ones that you wish you had played. Are there any of those that you want to call out like now, while I'm while I'm getting my list together. Yeah. So, um, Persona Q and Q two. So I, sure. they did that. They did Persona five, and then they did that chibi version Q two, which came out on uh, 3ds. It was one of the last games they got uh, released for 3ds. I think it was actually the last game. So I I was genuinely considering picking a 3ds up just to play that game because I loved Persona five so much. You didn't even uh, finish it. No, I haven't, but I, I love Persona, Persona 4, <laughs> Persona 5. I'd probably get it. Uh, I have, like, the music on vinyl. I just love that game. Can um, you please, please just play Royal? I know I need to. 
Maybe, like, uh, maybe when Zane I get a PS5, for you. maybe when I get a PS5 and they like do a, a, a port to that and they'll be like Persona 5, Royal 2 or whatever, Royal Plus. Just get Royal! Get that. I know I oh should. Oh my god. You can play, you can play PS5 <laughs> for free now on PS5. That's a thing. Just saying. What was that on PS5 for free? Persona yeah, 5. Oh, it's part of the PlayStation Plus collection. Yeah. 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 Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2. So sure. never never got to play that. Um, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. WarioWare Gold. I love the WarioWare games. And, sure. Um, that Mario Party collection. Detective Pikachu. After having watched the movie, I really wanted to go back and play the game, but that's coming to Switch, so I'll hopefully be able to get to play that. And Tomodachi Life. I always wanted to try Tomodachi Life. It seems so bizarre to just get all your friends' <laughs> me's involved into these bizarro stories. So um, th- those are my games I missed out on, and I would like to go back and try. Oh, and um, Zelda the, the Two Worlds one. I think it's called that, right? Oh, um... Link Between Worlds. That game? Link Between Worlds, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I always want to try that one. That one seemed uh, seemed really cool. Yeah, that game is really good. Um, so I'm 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 still like working on my list here. Yours is just I... going to be like Pokemon, 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 and Pokemon, I, right? Because I those realize ones... <laughs> I realize I should have done this in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I should have like came with this list ready to go because I knew I wanted to do this. Uh, but let's we'll just we'll talk through it. Well, so while, you, actually, well done, while you're doing while you're doing your list, let, let me walk through yeah. some of the best sellers. So, okay. what do you think the best selling game on 3ds is? And it's not difficult to guess. Oh, I know what it is. It's Mario Kart Seven. Yeah, it's Mario Kart Seven. Yeah. Almost 19 million copies sold. Makes sense. That was the best Mario Kart game before eight. Yeah, and then two, three, and four are all Pokemon games: X and Y, Sun and Moon, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. I could have guessed that. I think. You've got New Super Mario Brothers 2 is number 5. Super right. Mario 3D Land is number 6. Yes! Anim- Animal Crossing New Leaf is down in number 7 with 12.55 million copies. So the That's Switch version... Low, yeah, the Switch version's already outsold it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, by, by quite a bit, actually. But it's surprising um, to me how many Pokemon games and how many Monster Hunter games are in this list of bestsellers. Yeah. Well... I mean, is it though? The Monster Hunter ones, yes. The Pokemon games, not so much. Pokemon, I feel like, is obvious. Yeah. Um, Monster Hunter was like really big on 3DS, especially in Japan. Yeah, that makes sense. But like Monster Hunter 4, 4.1 million. Then I presume they did Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. It's just a rehash of it two years later. 4.2 million. So, so they sold Damn. basically the same amount. <laughs> it's just like the same game. Yeah, that. That's kind of nuts, actually. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I guess I still get it. Like, it's it's definitely up there, like, as a... Like, that that franchise is a lot more popular than I think people realize. You know? Like, it's, again, especially in Japan. Like, it's more of a recent hit here. So, like, I, I definitely get that. Um, but, I don't know. Like, it's it's a pretty... Like, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing, you know? Um, so I think I have like a rough list worked out here. Okay. Um, and I, I'm not gonna like put it, take it to the bank, but I think I think I feel good with this list. Walking through it. Um, so I'll, I'll start with my honorable mentions. 
So I'm going to surprise you and say neither of the Pokemon games make it to the top five best games. Whoa. How, is that because you don't think they're good enough? They don't make it yeah. there because... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon X and Pokemon Sun. So Pokemon X and Pokemon Sun are both games that I really enjoyed when I was playing them because I drank the Kool-Aid and upon re-examination, I think are in conversation for being among the worst Pokemon series. Okay. Um, X and Y, I really liked at the time. Uh, it was the first 3D entry, and I think that that really felt like a breath of fresh air for the franchise, and I really liked that Pokedex. Um, the game itself is not... It's not bad, but it's like... I don't know. The 3DS generation of Pokemon is where I think all of the things that I like the least about it really became solidified. Like, the DS Pokemon games were not nearly as handholdy. They were harder. They were a little more obtuse. Um, they they felt like a point where Pokemon was still, pardon the pun, but, like, naturally evolving. Where it was, like, every, you know, from Gen 1 to 2 to 3 to 4, I feel like you have clear growth in terms of here are the mechanics that got added. Here are the ways in which the battle system was deepened. Here are the ways that we, you know, advanced the game with the technology. And I feel like in the 3DS era, it was all about how do we advance the technology in terms of like, let's make it 3D. And then how do we make it as accessible as possible? Because we as Nintendo feel like our primary market is not other real video games, but the mobile market, and that the mobile generation, they can't pay attention to anything. So we need to hand them uh, a a legendary Pokemon midway through the game, or they're going to get frustrated. Do you think it was Nintendo driving that then, rather than Game Freak? I don't know. Honestly, I say Nintendo. It's probably on Game Freak. Um, I just mean in general, right? Like, that's the tenor of that generation, I feel like, from the... You know, the DS was a really hardcore machine in a lot of yeah. ways. It had a ton of JRPGs. Like it was a like it had casual shit like Brain Age or whatever, but there was a lot of hardcore games on the DS for sure. I feel like the three DS was and the Wii U, right, were were both consoles that learned some of the wrong lessons from the success of the Wii. And I don't know that that's true of most of the three DS's library, but I think in terms of like with Pokemon, I feel like it was the continuation of that kind of trajectory of like, we need to make this easier. We need to make this more accessible. We need to make it so that there that no there's no opportunity for you to get frustrated or, or, or challenged. And it's that sucks. Um and I think Pokemon Sun is like even worse in that regard, where like again, playing it for the first time, I was so in love with it. I love Alola, I love the decks, I love the Alolan forms of the gen one pokemon i thought that like changing up the gym structure was really cool but like the story is not good and it's fucking overbearing to the point where it's like it's just holding your hand through the entire thing to the point where you literally have an adult chaperone character like following you around being like i'm gonna show you the next place to go now and it's like i don't want this i don't need this like i didn't need it when i was fucking four years old in like 1996 and i don't need it now (laughs) so um, those games, there are things about them I like, but I, I wouldn't say that either of them are a top five 3DS contender by any stretch. I really wouldn't. Okay. Uh, so I also wanted to put Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance on this list. I have a complicated relationship with Kingdom Hearts in 2020. Um, but this game is really good and it feels really good. 
the combat was really cool and like the that was where they introduced like the flow system where like you could like really like move around the mat really quickly and there are things about it that are still weird and jank and bad kingdom Hearts stuff but it was the also the first game in the franchise that had moved the story forward since kingdom hearts 2 and in 2014 i was fucking starving for kingdom hearts 3 is this and like this, canon then this is not yeah this, it's this like a prelude to kingdom hearts okay. 3 this game takes place between 2 and 3 basically um and it's like showing the main character sora and and his buddy riku like learning new skills that they need you know moving into kingdom hearts 3 kind of thing basically um so that was a game that i really i had a soft spot for as well and then I also wanted to give a shout out to Link Between Worlds, which is a game that I really enjoyed but never finished. Um, and it, it was cool. It was really cool. It did a lot of fresh things, but uh, it just, it was like, I guess just not the time for it for me, you know? Like, I, I put some good time into it, but I just never really, like, fully dug in on it as much as I think I, I think if I played, like, if that game came out today, I think I would have gotten a lot more out of it. Um, I mean, I'd point. like to. I'd like to see them port that to to Switch. I think a Me lot too. of people missed out on it, and if they could do that, it, I don't even necessarily think it needs remaking. You could just port it over as is. Yeah, and it should. Yeah. it will probably still work just fine. Yeah, I don't remember it having too many like 3ds specific things. You know, like I don't think I don't think you really use the second screen for anything besides like inventory management or whatever. So I don't really feel like that would be too much of a problem. Um, but yeah, great game, great game. Uh, so then for my top five, um, I, I threw in, uh, and it's, it's funny, you can see, like, how loaded this is towards, like, nostalgia, and I played the 3DS a lot when it first came out, and then kind of tapered off. Yeah. So two of my spots are Nintendo 64 games. Star Fox 64, loved, loved that port. Loved that port so much. Played the fuck out of it. I love Star Fox 64. That was a game where, like, um, that was, like, a TV game for me a lot. Where, like, I'd be hanging out with my ex and, like, you know, watching whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, play through Star Fox again. You know, just, like, roll through. Gotcha. And, like, I like that phrase, TV game. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got a lot of those. <laughs> uh, and because it, it's, like, a game that, like, I knew so well already. You know, that like, I could play it with the sound off and just be like. Oh, yeah. yeah and, I'm and it'd be absolutely time. fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I got a lot of mileage out of that game. Uh, and then I, I put like this as a combo one, which, but uh, the ports of Ocarina of Time and Majora's were both games that I you know devoured when they first came out. Um, and that was actually uh, the first time I ever like got through Majora's was on the 3DS because I had had it on the N64, and I don't think I beat it there. It was like my my high school girlfriend had a copy that she had gave me and I started it and I think I, and I also started on the GameCube on that, that collector's disc that we talked about, but I don't think I beat it on either of those versions, but I, I know I rolled credits on it on 3DS because uh, uh, I was like, gonna get a guide, like, let's do this, you know, kind of thing. My favorite thing of the week is everyone on Discord just sending you pictures of their copy of their uh, collector's edition of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> and just, <laughs> it's go. just a lovely rub in the face of, yeah, your friend nicked your copy, here's, here's mine. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, so then I also wanted to call out uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, which I think was, uh, while not my favorite, the best Animal Crossing game before New Horizons, yeah, um, New Leaf. I think New Leaf uh, was like the first time 
that I felt like the franchise really moved forward in a major way. Like um, Wild World was the one on the DS, and like they introduced a lot of new stuff there. Um, but I also felt that like that game really felt kind of constrained by the DS and and its technical limitations a little bit. Whereas 3D the 3DS newly felt a lot more like. You know, like the mayor, the mayor, the mayoral stuff that they added was really like, okay, cool. Like you're getting a deeper, deeper level of customization over your island than was ever possible before, and like you're getting to, you know, not even um, an island back then. It was just a town. Yeah, a town, right? Okay, <laughs> island. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I feel like that that really mattered, and it felt like oh yeah, oh, just whoa, like saying like, I'm gonna pick. Like I want flowers and stuff like that, and where I want them to be, and that's all the bonuses you used to pick as being as being the mayor. You could prioritize what you wanted. That was such a cool th- yeah. a cool system. That um, I'd like to see them kind of bring some of that back to New Horizons at some point, but I don't know that we even need it at this with the um, whole restructuring system and terraforming that you've got in in, right. newly, in New Horizons. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it was a game that I I dug a lot, and I didn't get as into it as I did the original or New Horizons, but it was a game I really enjoyed my time with um, for for a good amount of time. Like, I think I played it off and on for about a year, and it was, like, a game where I remember, like, the summer um, after I had gotten my hands on it. I think I got it for Christmas, and I had been playing for a couple months, but, like, that summer was really where, like, I would gotten in a groove with it, you know, and was playing it every day and, you know, doing my dailies and advancing my town. And Yeah, that's um, something I've never got into with New Horizons, and I think I'm blaming the pandemic for that because yeah, I, I just I agree. sucked I think I the life out of it in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, it's like I overdosed on it, basically, and now I, like, really feel like I need a break. Um, But, yeah, New Leaf, great game great game and really really important for the franchise i think uh so then i also wanted to call out bravely default which uh was a great it's a great jrpg it's got its flaws it's got a lot of flaws um but that combat system is so fucking good and it, it like i think i think aside from pokemon it's probably the turn-based battle system that i have enjoyed the most Wow, okay. The, like, Brave versus Default system is, like, so fucking cool. Or, like, if you've never played it, like, the whole conceit is that you have, um... You can basically, like, Brave, where you can take multiple turns at once, or you can Default, where you can save turns and, like, book them for later. Uh, So there's just, like, a super deep level of strategy with that, right? Where you have four characters, and you can do that based on who they are. So it would be, like... My heavy, you know, who I was like my main DPS character, I remember I would start the battle and I would use five turns of theirs at once and just wail on the opponent and I would default with my healer so that like, you know, later in the battle when my team was vulnerable, I could take like six healing actions at once, you know, or or like put up a barrier, like those kinds of things. That's um, a cool idea. And it also had the job system from like the old school Final Fantasies where like you could change your character's job and learn new abilities and you could mix and match so they would have different abilities from different ones. So you could really like customize your, your rollout where like I had two characters that were uh, defensive, offensive DPS. And then I had two mages, 
one who was mainly an uh, aggressive caster and one who was mainly a healer, but they both had off skills of the opposite. And like, you know, I was able to build out this really efficient team where like I would go into like the big boss battles and be like, fucking got this. Like, let's fucking go, you know? And uh, it was always challenging. You had to think it out. But if you like those kinds of like, if you like like, a, you know, like a thinking man's RPG kind of thing, like I feel like it, it's got that unlock. And, um, like, as much as I like Persona, like, I wish that Persona's battle system, like, it's not that it's not deep, but I wish it was a little bit, I wish there was more strategy to it, you know? Have you tried the, um, Bravely Devolt 2 demo on Switch yet? No, I really want to be excited for that game, but I know the demo came out and people were kind of lukewarm about it, so I just am at the point where I'm like, all right, well, I'll give it a, I'll wait and see. You know, they got the demo, they got the feedback, hopefully they you know, they show us something else later and it looks better because I really want that game to come together. Still due um, out in 2020, apparently. We'll see. I, I'm going to say no on that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and then the last game on my list, and I, I wouldn't say that these are like ordered, but I, this is definitely near the top, is uh, got to be Super Mario 3D Land. That game is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, like, a friend loaned me that game and it was when I was going uh, – I've mentioned it on at least after dark before I took like a cross-country road trip with my friends when I was like 19. And you know I took a couple of games with me to play on the way and that was one that like uh, – I think it was Mike actually was like, you have to take this game. Like try it. It's amazing. It's a 10 out of 10. And I was like, really? Like is it? You know? Like because I, I love Mario. But I also, at that point, I was kind of, like, feeling a little soft on it because it was, like, we had done New Super Mario Brothers, and that was really cool, and then we did New Super Mario Brothers 2, and it was just, like, more of the same, and, you know, and it wasn't bad, but it was, like, okay, like, is this a new thing, or is this just something I've done before? And that game blew me away. I beat it on that trip, and then there's, like, a new game plus where there's, like, new challenges and, and stuff, and I, like, beat that right away and was just, like, could not get enough of that game. I beat it in, like two days I think because like I was in a car for like 10 hours a day and there was like a solid two days in a row where I just played the fuck out of it and was like well it's done I love this game it's amazing (laughs) and I've never touched it again like that was the experience I had with it and it's like so fond in my memory I just want it to I want to play it again but I don't want to play it on a 3DS again like I want it to come back on Switch and like maybe you'll get your like taste of it with 3D World because they're kind of similar games aren't they yeah I mean I think that's like I think those are seen as being in the same, like, series. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I'm really excited to play that game because, similarly, I know Mike, he's sung the praises of that game for me since the Wii U generation. was like, come over and play it with me. Like, let's play it. Let's go through it. And, like, we just never did it. You know, I've never touched that game. Um, so I'm really excited to pick that one up because, I again, I've heard it's, like, a 10 out of 10 quality. And if it's anything like, like 3D Land, um, yeah, it's a fucking banger, I'm sure. So... All right, so before we get out of here, I want to answer Afi's questions on what are what are some underrated 3DS games, and that is a question that's going to be a little bit harder for me to answer because I have to like think back on like yeah. what are like what are the games that I've played that are not games I just listed or went through a list of to be like okay, this is the big stuff because like. I, I don't know. I don't know how many like deep cuts on the 3DS library I really played. You know, like given the fact that it was like a more casual system for me, like I don't know how many games I even bought on it. You know, I played the games I had a good amount, but I'm trying to think, 
Let me see. Let me see. We're gonna we're gonna find this out. We're gonna figure this out. All right, Den of Geek has twenty underrated 3DS games. Let's see if I agree with any of these. These are okay. So we're already coming up on games I did not realize ever existed on 3DS. So that's pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Madden. <laughs> Seriously, Madden was on yeah. 3DS. Apparently, uh, Madden football, Madden NFL football in 2011 was the 3DS's sole Madden game. Okay, so I'm looking at this, and Pilot Wings Resort is on this. That's another one of the games that my ex was massively into. So he was obsessed with Pilot Wings 64 when it came out on the N64. Okay. And it was by all means the success of it, but in that um, Wii Sports Resort theme, and you would fly your me around the place. So I guess that cool. could that could be one of them if you're a big fan of Pilot Wings. It's funny, like, when I'm looking at these lists and stuff, it, there's a, definitely, like, a lot of 3DS games where I'm like, man, I wish I'd played this. Because, like, I don't want to go back. Like, like Fire Emblem Awakening is a game where it's like, I wish I had gotten into that then. Because, like, I don't think I could go back and play it now. Oh, no way you could. Because I'm looking at the 3DS screen. It looks washed out and horrible. And also, like, I'm now, like, uh, now that I'm, like, acclimated to the way that, the the modern you know the most modern fire emblem game plays it's like am i gonna go back and feel like i'm missing things and you know i don't know maybe um i don't know it's tough it's definitely i think that's the same as if someone's played mario odyssey and they've never played another 3d mario game are they gonna feel like they're missing things when they go back to 64 sunshine or galaxy they're all very different games and i would imagine that yeah, there are some elements of Fire Emblem that won't be in those older games, but you'll probably still have a good time with it, especially if you like that grid strategy kind of game, like Advance Wars style gameplay. Yeah, I, do, I do like that. That's definitely true. Yeah, because there's like a lot of gaps I have. Like, I never played that. I never played Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Um, you know, there's definitely like. Yeah, they really like need to bring Luigi's Mansion gaps. 1 and 2 to. To switch. Do you remember when they announced Luigi's Mansion for 3DS and everyone was like, well, where the fuck is it on, on Switch? <laughs> it was one of those games they announced after the, the Switch had already existed. Wait, no. Luigi's Mansion 2? No, Luigi's Mansion 1 port to 3DS. Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't connect what you were saying there. That's definitely true. Oh, oh, you know what, man? Fucking what about NES Remix? Those games were really cool. Those should bring they should bring those back. Those were fun. I thought like that was like a fun idea that was like a little underdeveloped. But like I definitely liked those. Did you ever play those? No, I didn't. What were they? Uh so they were like let me see if I can like find like a Okay, so I've got the the page up, the like mashups of Yeah, NES so games. it would be like you'd play you'd play through like a level where it would be like Oh, like you're Mario, but like all of a sudden, like there's like Zelda villains, you know? Like it was like you would like mash up two NES games. That's cool. To make these weird combinations. I never owned it, but my buddy Jack in college. Maybe uh, they could do it. that with the SNES and bring it to, to Switch. That might be a cool concept. That'd be cool. Yeah. I feel like that would be a great re release, like NES remixes one and two, like as a. As a collection or something. So did the, um, did the the player mash up what they wanted it to be, or did you play a game and it man like automatically mashed up? 
There were like preset ones. Okay, because yeah. it reminds me. Do you remember that game that was announced? And I can't for the life of me remember yeah. what the name is. And you like mashed up two genres. It's like I'm gonna and play then a you fighter get, like, a game. Unique code yeah, and, and you would then yeah. play that unique game that you could share with other people. That was a cool concept as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool one. Um, so I don't know. I I hope that answers your question, Affy. I don't. I didn't do a good answer to that question because I don't know that I have one. So I would love for you to give me one because I feel like if you ask that question, you probably have a good answer, Affy. So if you're listening right now, if you made it this far in the show, uh, write in next week. Give me some of your your 3ds deep cuts. And anybody who's listening, if you have like, what are your favorite 3ds games? What are your most underrated 3ds games? It would be cool to to get some some thoughts. And if we get we get some good answers, maybe we'll read them next week. So. Uh, and if not, we'll keep the conversation going on the Discord as we are wont to do. So uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in for this episode. I hope you all are enjoying Mario. Uh, and I hope that you show respect to the 3DS this week because uh, it, it helped us get to the Switch. So for, for that alone, it deserves our respect. So rest in peace. Moment of silence for the 3DS. Bless up. So that's been... This week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air, remember to write in for our MailPod segment uh, like Zade did. Last question before we get out of here. It's going to carry us into our episode of After Dark. Zade asks, hey, Lupot's team. Thanks for the subtle shout-out last, on last week's episode. My question for you this week is with the new consoles coming out, how do you decide what console you're going to play games on? I try to keep my Switch for first-party exclusives or indie titles, and the rest is on my PS4, soon-to-be PS5, or PC. Thanks for the great content, as always. Your friendly neighborhood snack guy, Zade. So we're going to answer that one in After Dark. If you want to get access to After Dark, of course, you can head over to loopots.com. Uh, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash loopots. And go hit us up at that $1 level. You'll get access to After Dark, our exclusive Patreon show, which is a blast. We get together and uh, keep the show rolling for another hour. We talk about things that are not usually related to Nintendo. On this week's show, we're going to answer Zade's question. We're going to talk about my journey getting a PS5 pre-order, Xbox Series S, uh, and backwards compatibility, and then Steve's uh, adventure with quad biking. So it's going to be a good episode. I, I can already feel it. So I hope you'll come check it out. Oh, it's the best way to show your support. If you love what we do here, if you enjoy it, you want to you know, um, be a part of the show, show your support, keep the mics on, uh, that is the best way to do it. So I hope you'll head over there and give us, uh, give us a buck if you can. And if not, that's fine too. We appreciate you. We hope you'll write in, and we'll catch you next week for, the, for another episode of The Podcast.